content, presentation, production, and promotion. I'm going to tell you how to improve these four cornerstones for a great podcast. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 207. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. In many episodes, I've often referred to the most important areas of quality for your podcast. Now I consider these four cornerstones to a great podcast. These are the four things that you really need to have in place in order to succeed. And they're not just about what you do in producing your podcast, but also what you do after you've published your podcast. This isn't really a workflow. This is a foundation for your podcast as a whole. And every episode individually needs to have these four cornerstones as the foundation. These four cornerstones are number one, content, number two, presentation, number three, production, and number four, promotion. Each of these need to be in very high quality in order for you to grow your podcast or just to have a good podcast. You need great quality in all four of these built on these four cornerstones for your podcast. Now I'm going to have a special add-on bonus with this episode. If you go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones and click on the button to download the tools, there are some certain tools that I'll recommend for how to improve each of these different areas of your podcast. And these tools may change over time, but right now they work great for improving these areas with your podcast. Some are free, some are premium. Most of them are things that you can use for very low cost to improve your quality. So that's over at the audacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones in the show notes for this episode. So let's talk about this content, presentation, production, and promotion. Number one, content. You're a podcaster. And really, when you look at what you're doing, I think the more global term for this, and I know some people are coming up with certain terms like mediapreneur and other things that to me just sound like different forms of the word manure. So I prefer to just call it what it is. You are a content creator. You may be doing that through a podcast, through your blog, through books, through products, through videos on YouTube or videos in your podcast. You could be doing this through all kinds of ways. You are creating content. And as a podcaster, whether you create the content or curate the content, it needs to be something that people actually want to consume. Unless you're a celebrity, most people probably won't care about your personal life or the perspective of you and your friends on a bunch of random topics. Yes, your personality does enhance your presentation and it does enhance your content and many people do come because they enjoy the personality but the content is still the hook and the content is the content not your personality you hear people all the time say content is keen and that is really true you could have a great personality but if there's no content behind it then people are just coming just to hear you and That really only happens 
when you reach some kind of celebrity status, which you could reach. And you may reach that even with a small collection of people, but you want to focus on making great content. There are certain cases where your content is practically handed to you. Like you have a podcast that covers recent news items, or it's a TV show fan podcast, or you review movies, or you interview people and you're asking them pretty much the same questions in every episode, or you answer the questions that your audience sends you. In each of these cases, the content is practically being handed to you. You're just giving it your own perspective, your own flair, and presenting it in your fashion. But even when that happens, you can't just assume that every piece of content then, because someone else is providing it to you, is good content. You still must be a curator of that content to pick what is high quality for your podcast. Think of an art museum curator. He doesn't make the art himself, but he selects what he thinks is the best art and he places it in the right place, lights it well. He has all of these responsibilities to oversee the presentation of someone else's content and make sure that the art that he's getting for his museum is quality. That's what you're doing even when the content is handed to you. You are still in the position of being the curator of making a great episode with great content. When it comes to curating great content, this may mean that sometimes you need to skip a particular news story because it's just not great content, or maybe not including a particular piece of feedback you receive from your audience because it's not great content. Maybe they don't communicate it well. Maybe their idea just, let's be honest, maybe it's just not a good idea. Or maybe they're saying the exact same thing you just said. So if you're both saying the same thing, then one of you is not necessary. If you want to include their feedback in that kind of case, then I suggest that you not say what you were thinking. Let them say it for you if they communicate it well enough. So you need to curate the content that's being handed to you, and you need to work on creating great content. Sometimes that may even mean skipping content altogether, skipping an idea altogether. Like you may look at a TV show and think, I want to create a podcast about that TV show. And then you watch the show and you realize, oh, this is a horrible show. Well, do you really want to try to struggle with creating great content for a TV show that has horrible content? Maybe though, that is your total approach where you make fun of the horrible content. Look at the success of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and its new form, which is called Rift Tracks, where they make fun of popular and unpopular movies. Some of them have great content, some of them have horrible content, but it's all about their presentation of how they make fun of the horrible content. That could be your approach too. So it really depends on what is your approach to your content. Consider this, for example, two examples of something a podcaster might say. One is, I'm going to tell you how awesome I am. When you hear that, what is the subject? What is the content? The content is that podcaster. It's all about them, how awesome they think they are. Maybe not so much that applies to anyone else. But then consider this. I'm going to give you 10 ways to be awesome. Just from those two different titles, which one sounds like better content? To you, probably the second one, where you are going to receive something. You're going to learn something that will be interesting to you. 
That's the higher quality content where it is giving something. As I see it, everyone on the internet really has basically two things that they're looking for when they're on the internet. They want to be either helped or entertained. And is your podcast then meeting these basic needs or desires? Yes, there are many other psychological perspectives of the basic needs of humans and all of that stuff. But the way I see it, it's either they want to be helped or they want to be entertained. So your podcast should be either helpful or entertaining if you want to appeal to an audience out there that will be looking for you and will want to stay loyal to your content. Being helpful would be something like making a podcast that is educating or it's equipping people for something. It's encouraging people or it's inspiring people. They have a need and you are meeting that need or teaching them how to meet that need in some way. To be an entertaining podcast doesn't only mean you're making people laugh. For example, Rhett and Link, I mentioned them several times because they're great examples of this. They have this daily show on YouTube called Good Mythical Morning. It used to be available as a podcast as well. Now it's just on YouTube. It is always entertaining, but it's not always funny. Just think of the movies you go to see. Do you go to see them because they're funny? No, you go to see them because in some way they entertain you. That entertainment could be something thrilling. It could be something dramatic that pulls on your heartstrings. It could be something funny. It could be something action-packed. It could be something that really inspires you to think or question your reality. There are many different forms of entertainment, not just making people laugh. In some way, you are engaging their minds, or you're feeding their passions, or you're just giving them a good time, occupying their minds, and allowing them to not have to think about all of their other stresses, but just to relax and be entertained in some way. So is your podcast either helpful or entertaining? Now, it doesn't have to be just one or the other. Helpful content can be entertaining. Think of YouTube videos you've probably seen, or maybe you could even think of the way I sometimes approach content, where I like to have fun with it. Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting, great example of this. His personality really shows through in his helpful content. And I would say, of all of the podcasters about podcasting, he is the most entertaining, but that doesn't sacrifice his being helpful as well. He's entertaining in his personality, and he's presenting helpful content. Entertaining content can also be helpful. Like Rhett and Link, every episode is in some way entertaining. And some episodes are actually helpful in some way. Or there's a new show I've started watching on YouTube called Mental Floss, and they have misconceptions, and they have certain facts and list shows and things, and they are always entertaining. I really enjoy watching them. But they're also helpful because it helps me learn something like, oh, hey, I didn't know that or I hadn't thought of that. So it doesn't have to be just one way or the other for your show. If you can combine both of them together, that can be good. But it doesn't have to be both of them. If you have the podcast that helps people recover from the grief of a loss of a loved one, that doesn't need to be an entertaining show. It's going to be a helpful show. If you have a comedy show, you don't need to focus on helping people with practical problems or equipping them in some way. You're there to make them laugh. Now that can help them in other ways. But remember this, be either helpful, entertaining, or both. Remember that this isn't just about meeting your own needs, but the needs and desires of other people. So what helps and entertains them? 
To make your podcast even better, don't think about just your audience and what they need. Do definitely think about them. Because first of all, don't think about yourself in this, making this all about you and you're doing this just because it's for you. Yes, there are certain aspects where that's helpful, where you shouldn't be looking at your stats. You should be focusing on creating the content. You should be doing this because you want to do it, not because your audience is demanding you do it, that kind of thing. But you're creating the content really not for yourself. If this was for yourself, then why even bother using a microphone? Dave Jackson has a particular interesting metaphor and label that goes along with that, but uh, I'm not going to bring that into here. You can listen to him over at School of Podcasting to hear more about that. But your content needs to be something that not only your audience wants to hear, but it's something that they enjoy so much that they want to share it with other people. This is a core of viral content that sees massive growth. It's some form of word of mouth. This is the most powerful way to grow your podcast is word of mouth. And the great way to leverage that is by having great content that people actually want to share. So go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones to download some tools to help you improve your content. That's number one, your content. Content is king. Number two, presentation. You could have the best content in the world, but your podcast will still struggle if you can't present that content well. We're really talking about communication here, and there are different styles of communication. Some people are better communicating to a group. Some people are better communicating one-on-one. In a podcast, you're really doing both. You're communicating to a large audience, but you need to approach it in the style of communicating one-on-one, because right now, I'm talking to you. Most likely, you are not listening to this alone with other people. Most likely, you are listening to this by yourself while driving, while working, while mowing, while doing something else. You're listening through speakers, you're listening through headphones, but you're listening because you are the one who wants this content and this information. So I'm communicating on a one-on-one with you, as well as a few thousand other people. So how clearly can you communicate your content and explain your passions? Can you explain complex ideas in simple ways? How good are you at captivating your audience by telling stories? Do you share information personally and passionately? Or do you do it sounding like you're really bored of this kind of content? Are you giving your audience the content that you promised them? Or are you wasting their time with other stuff? These are just some questions you could be asking yourself to figure out how well you are at presenting your content. This doesn't mean you have to be this professional public speaker or anything like that. But it does mean you need to be able to communicate well in order to grow your show well. You don't have to be fancy about this. It's just a matter of communicating. Communication is so essential to every relationship that without communication, there really is no relationship. Look at a marriage and how much communication is important in a marriage and how much of a struggle it can be when the communication isn't strong. I know that struggle and it's tough. It takes hard work to improve communication. The two best ways to improve your presentation for your podcast are preparation and practice. Think of a concert pianist here as an example. I've played piano before and I 
wish sometimes I still had a piano that I could just play and do the whole Sherlock Holmes kind of thing and connect the left brain with the right brain and all of that stuff. But a concert pianist will spend hundreds, maybe even thousands of hours preparing that performance piece, learning the dynamics, understanding the emotions in the music, optimizing the fingering, and much more detail. Then they spend maybe even more time perfecting that piece through practice. It's a piece that he or she already knows, but if they skipped the practice, then they would just be winging it. If they skipped the preparation, they would just be sight reading. In either case, doing this on stage, the music would lack the feeling and it would probably have a lot of mistakes and just wouldn't sound really good. Preparing your presentation doesn't mean that you have to script your podcast. I do recommend that you have a simple outline, even if it's just a list of topics you know you want to discuss. That way you can know when you've covered everything that you need to or what other things that you're about to cover. You can make teasers inside your content. Then for that, you can have segues. You and your co-host can be on the same page. An outline, however simple or complex it needs to be for your particular show, can really help you present a lot better. It gives you a logical flow of things. It also helps you to know how to make those transitions from one point to the other when you're writing down your outline and you can see, oh, point five actually works better as point two instead because it flows very nicely from point one. Doing this makes your presentation not only easier for you to give, but also for your audience to receive because it makes more logical sense to them. There are many different ways that you can prepare your presentation of your content, and I've got a few suggestions in the free download with this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash cornerstones. Practicing doesn't mean that you have to rehearse your podcast where you're memorizing your lines or you're reading a script over and over and over and over again, or you press record, you delete that one, then you press record again, you delete that one. That doesn't have to be the way you practice. That could be good when you're first starting out to practice a few episodes. But for podcasting, practice in the everyday. Practice communicating well in every setting possible. Review the ideas in your mind. Jot them down in different places. Whatever works for you that's an easy place to take notes, whether it be an Evernote or a piece of paper, something like that. Review these things and practice the transitions in your mind or practice what it is that you actually want to communicate. If you want to tell better stories in your podcast, then practice by telling better stories to the people who are around you in your everyday life. For my comedy podcast, I started out with it being a scripted podcast. The first nine episodes were scripted. Oh, that was such torture to try and do that because it took hours and hours and hours. Now it's a lot more free flow, but I've actually gotten back to scripting some things. In a way, that doesn't mean I read the script, but I'm practicing the story by writing down a script so that then I know this is the right way to say this, or here are the great directions to take this story and ways to embellish this or ways to explain the details. I can review this and see, yeah, this is where I want to go with the story. This is how I'm going to tell this. Great comedians do script their jokes to some degree. Sometimes they perform them verbatim, like they're reading off a teleprompter or something else. 
Sometimes it's just that they have practiced the punchlines so well that it's a natural part of what they're saying and that they're not reciting a script, but they're saying what feels natural to them because when they scripted it, it was in their voice. So you could try some scripting as a way to practice with your podcast, but I wouldn't recommend that you read that script in your podcast. Great presentation can sometimes make up for weak content. Just look at, well, television evangelists out there or really pushy salespeople. Or if you're at New Media Expo in 2014, there was a great example of this where the person that was presenting a particular keynote had great presentation skills. Oh, he really controlled the audience well. But the content wasn't really there Some people would say it wasn't there at all. I was able to pull some pieces of content from it, but his presentation was just over the top. And if you were there, you know exactly what session I'm talking about. So the content was lacking. The presentation was great. When presenters lack in great content, they can often make up for it in how well they articulate their messages or how well they manipulate your emotions, or more importantly for them, is how well they inspire you to take action, buy that thing, do that thing they want you to do. You can use these same tools in your podcast, but I don't recommend that you default to great presentation. Default to great content, and your presentation builds that content. It supports that content. So take a critical look at how well you present those pieces of content in your show and how well you present the show overall. Find those things that may be distracting you from your main content and figure out how you can either remove them completely or defer them to later. Some of the things that may be distracting from your content could be your rhythm in how you speak. It could be your timing. It could be certain verbal crutches like saying, um, like, you know, it could be that when people listen to you, it's just annoying because of how you talk, not your voice necessarily, but how you talk. One way that I suggest for finding out how smooth your presentation is, is by listening to yourself at double speed. Even if you can't really understand what's going on at double speed, you'll be able to pick up on patterns a lot more. Like how much do you change mid-sentence and start a new sentence? How often do you pause before you say something? How often are you saying like, you know, um, anything like that? How often are you lip smacking? How often are you popping peas into the microphone? Different things like that that are part of your presentation will stand out more when you listen to yourself at double speed. So try that as a little way of discovering some of the things that you need to work on and then practice those things in your everyday life to improve how you are when you're behind a microphone. I've got a couple tools and tricks that I have in the free download with this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. So that is number two, your presentation. Your presentation supports and upholds your content. Before I move on to talking about the production, I'd like to ask you a favor. Please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast awards to help us in the podcast awards. They're currently open for nomination and will soon be open for voting as well. And we have several shows that we would love to be in the finalists and we'd love to see win some awards over there. So go to the audacity to podcast.com slash podcast awards, 
to see how you can support us. You can guess that the Audacity podcast would be great in the technology category, but we also have shows for several other categories. You can only nominate your shows once, so gather all of your favorite nominations together and submit them there. And if you want to know how you can nominate our shows and support us, go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast awards. Next, number three, production. Your content may be great and your presentation style may be engaging, but poor production can quickly undermine your other hard work. And just think of if you're in a stadium and there is the best, most amazing public speaker ever. This person is a celebrity. Everyone in the world knows this person, and they are so excited to hear this person speak, even if it's just for five minutes in the stadium. The person speaks, and they have no microphone. Their production is then completely missing because no one can hear them. A lack of production is preventing that great presentation from communicating that great content. So you need good production in order to enhance the presentation, which is enhancing the content. For both audio and video podcasts, your main production quality to look at would be your sound quality. The reason for that is that regardless of whether you're in just audio or video as well, People are listening to the words that you are saying, unless you have a sign language podcast or you only put text up on the screen. Your sound quality really matters the most. If people can't hear what you're saying, then they can't hear your presentation and then they can't consume your content. So your audio quality needs to be the highest importance for whether you're doing an audio podcast or a video podcast. That's why... I and other professional podcasters often look down on those certain platforms that are telephone-based where it's cramming whatever quality that you have on your side down to the quality of a phone call and then putting that out to the internet. That's a bit distracting. Now, some people will say, oh, I built a massive platform on this particular service or wherever. And yes, that can sometimes be true. I really would love to see stats and see audience retention, that sort of thing, not just straight views or impressions. How long are people listening? Are they engaging with the content? That kind of thing. The stats that actually matter more than just how many people clicked play. But beyond that, I really wonder with those people who are using some kind of platform or technology that's limiting their audio quality or production quality in any way, I really wonder how much bigger their success could be if they just improved their production quality. Yes, you may say, hey, look, I've been using my internal microphone on my computer and I'm getting a thousand downloads per month. I think I'm successful. Okay, yeah, maybe so. But what if you just simply changed your production quality? Maybe that could change how many people you're reaching. Maybe you're reaching even more people. And yes, I did intentionally say downloads per month because of the common impression. It's very easy to improve your audio quality. You can get some great studio microphones or lavalier microphones if you're doing video for under $50. I've got a couple of them listed in the download with this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. If you produce video, then your second production quality focus should be your lighting. Great temperature balanced lighting 
where you're using the same color of light and you're not mixing things awkwardly. There are cool ways to do special effects with different colors of lights, but making it look great on the screen. When you're using great lighting, you can make even a cheap video camera's output look really professional. I illustrated this recently in a video that I did on my YouTube channel and my separate video podcast called podcasting video tips. You can see both of those either at the audacitypodcast.com slash iTunes video or slash YouTube. I did a video that was recorded from my webcam, a Logitech C920, and I started the video showing how most videos probably look. This is a high definition webcam. It looks great. But how I started the video didn't look too good. It looked like it was maybe recorded with an old cell phone or a built-in webcam, something like that. It was very grainy. The lighting didn't look very well. My face looked kind of flat and odd colors. And in that video, I show while I was still recording from the same exact webcam, I showed how much of a difference the lighting could make in that video. And with just a simple webcam, that it could look like a movie production almost by simply changing the lighting. And some of it was using household lighting to even make my background look a bit more interesting too, instead of looking dark or or dingy or some way just unprofessional, but brightening it up so that people could see more depth to my shots and more color. Check that out. I've got a link to that in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. So focus on your lighting after you've improved your audio. That's if you're doing video, and it doesn't really cost a lot. The lighting kit that I use is under $200. It's actually about $179, I believe, and you can get even cheaper lighting kits than that. I have a couple of them listed in the download with this episode. Don't stop your high production quality with just your actual episodes in how you are lighting them and miking people and then how you're editing your production afterward. Your editing could matter a lot as well. I've done a whole episode about whether you should edit your podcast. And in general, I think you should. Video works better with less editing because the edit points are more noticeable. That's where if you edit a video too much, it will become distracting. And you don't want your production to distract from the presentation. And you don't want the presentation to distract from the actual content. But when you publish your episodes, think about the rest of your branding, the rest of your production. How does your website look? How's your podcast cover art? What's your social network branding like? Podcast cover art is actually often the first impression people have of a podcast before they subscribe. When you search for a podcast in iTunes, and I get into this in more detail in my SEO for Podcasters course, I have a link to that in the show notes as well. Your podcast cover art needs to stand out because people will see that before your description, often before the title of your show in any kind of subtitles or episode titles or anything like that. They'll see your cover art bigger than anything else. So that cover art needs to look great. That's part of your production, your visual appearance on the web. Great website design can enhance your content. It can lead people toward calls to action. And it can make watching or listening to your episodes even easier. So think about your production quality. And the production supports the presentation. And the presentation supports the content. That's number three, production. 
Number four cornerstone for a great podcast, promotion. It's possible to have an amazing podcast where you have great content, you are an expert communicator, and your production is stellar, maybe even award-winning level production, but you have no audience whatsoever. I think we've all been here at some point. And when you have the other cornerstones in place, then it's time to look at your promotion. There are things where you can get momentum going on the other cornerstones, and you're starting with great promotion even before you launch your podcast. But you really need to make sure that your other cornerstones are in place for what people are going to get when you actually launch, because you don't want your launch to be a dud. Just think of a balloon that's fizzling out And that's what your podcast might end up being if you have all of this great marketing and promotion and then horrible content, horrible presentation, horrible production. Don't be that fizzling out balloon. Some content is really easy to promote because people are already looking for it. This might be content that answers some questions that people have, like I do with the Audacity to Podcast. The content might review products and services. A lot of people do that on YouTube. So when someone else is looking for that product, they might find that video too and want to check it out. This is the reason one of my videos on YouTube that I uploaded years ago has suddenly exploded with views. It's getting tens of thousands of views and it's simply a video of my dog playing with a toy. It's that simple. It's not even a high quality video, but people are finding it because this product that my dog was playing with, it's called a Wiggle Giggle, and it was recently featured in some infomercial on TV or something. And so people were searching Google and searching YouTube for it. And here's my video. And they watched it. And it's great because a lot of people are watching this video. And that means display ad sales and stuff like that income coming in. But that wasn't even a product review. It was just, here's a dog using the product. But that kind of thing, people might be searching for because of the product name. I commonly now search YouTube for a product name before I consider buying a product because sometimes I just want to see how are people using this? What do other people think about this? Or I just want to see how it works in real life to use that product. Your content may also provide some kind of entertainment fan perspective, like it's about a TV show or a movie. And depending on the keywords that you use with that content, people may be searching for that. For example, maybe they want a Christian review on a particular movie. Maybe they're looking for once upon a time theories, or they're asking certain questions about a TV show, something like that. Those keywords can be very easy to create with certain kinds of content So that it's very easy for people to find your content if you're optimizing it. And that's why I created SEO for podcasters over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash SEO. This nearly eight-hour training course, yeah, I originally said it was going to be three or four hours. It's now eight. It is really in-depth helping you to optimize your content for humans who use search engines and to make your content more findable for those people who are searching for these kinds of things and how to figure out what great terms would be. This is still a proactive effort. This isn't just create content, sit back, and let people find it. It's not if you build it, they will come. It's you need to build it and optimize it so that then people will know how to come to your content. Your promotion needs to be great. Even if you are promoting 
by doing some of these behind the scenes optimizations. But for all content, you still have to work to grow an audience. Growth is easy when you already have leverage, such as being a celebrity, you have a loyal following, you have a mailing list, you have some other audience from somewhere else and you can promote your show to them in some way. That kind of thing is great, but that took work to grow as well. You will always benefit from having some kind of momentum, but it always takes work to build momentum. That's the starting point of your promotion. It gets easier as you go. Like this week in tech probably doesn't promote their show maybe at all anymore. Maybe very little. They don't really need to because they've got such great momentum behind them. And many of the talent on the show also have celebrity status in some way among certain circles. So that platform that they've already worked very hard to build naturally leads into their new endeavors. I've got a few tools for you in the download for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. And these tools will give you some ways of promoting your content a little bit better and discovering certain ways to optimize your content so that's more findable. Certainly though, go check out SEO for Podcasters, my new training course over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash SEO. You can go through it at your own pace. Take a day or maybe several days or a couple of weeks to go through all the information. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash SEO if you want to purchase that and check it out. So when you have these four cornerstones, content, presentation, production, and promotion, you can build on top of these the rest of what you're doing with your podcast You may need to improve these after you've already built the podcast, and then you build on top of those things. It's not just for your whole show when you're launching your show, but for each episode. Think, is this great quality content? Is this great quality presentation? Is this great quality production? And think about how well you are promoting this after you've launched it. These things go both ways, really, because good content needs good presentation, which needs good production in order to be consumed, which then needs good promotion in order to be found. But it also works the other way around. Your promotion pushes people to your production. Your production enhances your presentation, and your presentation communicates your content. It works both ways. So these are the four cornerstones of a great podcast, content, presentation, production, and promotion. I'd love to hear from you your experience with some of these different fields and how you've improved some of these areas of your podcast or maybe how you're going to improve them for your podcast. Please comment on the show notes as well as get the download for this episode over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. Special thanks to a couple people who have written some reviews for me in iTunes. Patrick from the Big Seance Podcast said, incredibly thorough and professional, a podcast that continues to provide an amazing education for podcasters. Thank you very much, Patrick. I really appreciate that. And Tom Indelicate said, you've really given me the confidence to produce and launch my own podcast. Wow, that is what I want to do. Thank you, Tom. And thank you, Patrick, for those kind reviews. I really appreciate them. If you'd like to read the full reviews, I've got links to those that take you over to mypodcastreviews.com. 
in the show notes for this episode. And if you want to get your podcast reviews automatically emailed to you on the day that you do your podcast, like I do, then go to mypodcastreviews.com and sign up for a premium plan over there. Something new I want to start doing in the podcast is highlighting some of my other appearances. I think Dave Jackson does a great job of this. And how many times have I mentioned Dave Jackson in this episode? But he often highlights certain episodes he's been in of other people's podcasts and will bring in some of the conversation from there. But I want to let you know a couple places where I've been recently with my podcast, and I'm going to be as well. I was in episode 60 of the MHF Tech Show with Adi Kajuria. I've got a link to that in the show notes. It was part of his 100th total episode celebration, and that was published. We had a great conversation about podcasting, and he asked me some questions about the network and what got me into podcasting. I will be in the upcoming 75th episode of New Media Show with Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. I'm looking forward to her conversation about podcast SEO, certain things going on in the podcast industry, the importance of podcast reviews, some stuff about PowerPress, and we'll probably also talk about what my session will be at New Media Expo. We're going to have a great conversation. I love talking with these guys. So that'll be in New Media Show episode 75, which at this time of this recording is upcoming in this weekend but it will be published shortly after that, and I'll update the link in the show notes for this episode. I'm also going to be speaking at a few conferences this year. I'll be at Social Media Marketing World in March. I'll be at New Media Expo in April, and then I'm planning to be at Podcast Movement in late July, early August. I don't know yet if I'll be speaking there. They haven't opened up the submissions yet, but I'll definitely be there. And I'm planning to have meetups in all of these locations at Social Media Marketing World. That's in San Diego in March. And I'll be speaking there on tools and tricks to make your podcast stand out. At New Media Expo in April, I'll be talking about the core basics of search engine optimization for podcasters. No, I can't fit all eight hours of my SEO for podcasters course into the 40 minutes or so that I'll have to present, but I'll be covering just the most important things that people need to know in order to get on the track of SEO for podcasters. And then at Podcast Movement, if I get an opportunity to speak there, I'll be presenting something else completely different probably. If you're interested in registering for any of these conferences, please go to the show notes, theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones to sign up. And in the case of New Media Expo, I have a promo code that you can use as well over there. So check that out, register through those links, and that helps support the podcast as well. Go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. One announcement I have then is SEO for Podcasters is available, and I have a special launch promotion that if you purchase before the end of January 2015, you'll be invited to an exclusive search engine optimization Q&A webinar that I'll be hosting in February, where after you've gone through the course or maybe you've just looked through the different topics that are covered, I'll be having an open Q&A where you will drive the conversation. What is it that you need to know? What questions do you have after you've gone through the material? This is exclusive to only those who purchase before the end of January 2015. So go over to theaudacitypodcast.com slash SEO. Here's what the course covers. It's divided into seven sessions, 
in sort of a Harry Potter or modern movie way, one of the sessions has three parts to it. Session one is introduction to SEO, what it is, why we need it, what our thinking should be behind it. Number two is foundational SEO, the core tools and techniques we'll use in every other aspect of search engine optimization. Number three is the big one. It is website SEO, where I show you all about how to set up your WordPress website for search engine optimization. Number four, I get podcast specific with talking about iTunes and podcast SEO. What matters to iTunes? What fields are actually searchable in iTunes and how to make your podcast stand out and rank better in iTunes as well as certain other podcast platforms. Number five is other platforms, how to dominate the first page of Google and other search engine results by being in other platforms with your podcast. Number six is all about conversions, not just from a business perspective, but converting people who come to your website through search engine optimization to subscribers, to passionate fans of your podcast. And number seven, I talk about stats and performance, how to measure everything to see what's working And how are people coming into your site so you can know what you should repeat in the future or maybe what you should diminish in your plans for the future for your podcast. All of these are designed to help you grow your podcast. I get in depth and in detail. That's why I originally said it's going to be three to four hours. Well, when I actually started presenting it, I realized I need to really cover this, the exact description of how to use this because There's a thing that people are probably going to wonder, well, what about that option? What about that? When should I use this? I cover it all in really deep detail. That is at theaudacitypodcast.com slash SEO. In fact, I've already received an early review from one person who has gone through the amount of material that's already available with the podcast. And that is Laura McClellan from the Productive Woman Podcast. She purchased her own copy of it and has been going through this. And she said, I've never understood SEO or how it works or what I need to do about it. And the way you're taking us step by step through it from the basics onward has really helped me. That is awesome. So I'd love to help you with that. Go over to theaudacitypodcast.com slash SEO to purchase the course. If you have questions that you'd like me to cover in the Audacity podcast and help you to improve your podcasting efforts, please contact me through the website. The contact information is there, my email address, phone number, and more at theaudacitypodcast.com slash contact. Remember to get the download for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones and always look to improve your content, your presentation, your production, and your promotion. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash cornerstones. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. By the way, we really need your help in the podcast awards. Go over to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast awards to see how you can nominate and then vote for us in the awards. And we would love your support. This is about how awesome you are. So please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast awards.
The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.